She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, Season 1, Episode 5. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Marvel Plus, the podcast devoted solely to the Disney Plus Marvel series. My name is Brett Scott. I am your host, and I think I might have to change that intro because I think it's two weeks in a row where there's a lot more talk about other things than there are about this Disney Plus episode. But it's a fantastic conversation. No regrets whatsoever. This week, I have a brand new guest for you guys. And you know when I have new guests, it's really easy to get in the weeds, getting to know them, talking about uh, fandom and and other things outside of these series, and and eventually making our way to talking about the episode. But a lot of it is kind of like a get-to-know-you podcast. So um, hopefully you enjoy it. I really like these conversations because, you know, they're not... They're not so straightforward. They're not just, oh, come here. We break down the episode. See you later. You know, on to next week. Uh, I, we get to meet someone new. We get to hear about their fandom. And this week is really cool. We have, now, <laughs> I'm going to tell you his name. Or I'm going to tell you his pseudonym, his superhero name, his Twitter name. But I'm not going to tell you his real name. And not because I don't know it, but because I prefer the pseudonym. <laughs> I think it's a great name, and uh, I think it's hilarious. Uh, in fact, when I first heard it, I thought that I was going to be doing a podcast with, like, a stoner vampire. But apparently that's not the case at all. Uh, but this week we have Count Blazemore. That's right, Count Blazemore is our guest this week. Uh, and he's a guy I met on Twitter uh, just just through fandom. I don't know if it was because of my podcast or, you know... We talk about it a little bit in the episode, but it's like I liked a post of his or he liked a post of mine. You know how it goes. You, you just end up being friends with people um, that, that you've never met. And uh, that I, I love that. that. That's like my favorite part of doing this podcast. I've told you guys a million times. My favorite part of doing this is like meeting new people, having these fun, interesting conversations and, you know, making new friends. In the end, I've made so many friends like and not just like oh, I talked to him once or twice on a podcast episode, but like I've made friends doing this podcast that I talk to on a regular basis, whether it be through text, messenger, um, or actual phone calls. Yeah, that's right. Like, you know, Alexander Graham Bell phone calls from way back in your grandparents' era. Yeah, they, they still have those. You can still talk to people one-on-one on a telephone. Um, what's a telephone, you ask? Um, it's, it, it's, it's a phone. Um, anyway, had a great conversation. Uh, I'll admit right now, though, we don't talk that much about this week's episode of She-Hulk. I mean, we definitely do. We cover uh, cover the bases, and we talk about, I'd say, the only big thing worth talking about, which is that final scene. That's what everyone's talking about online, right? Um, but we go into a little bit about the series in general and stuff like that as well. Uh, so we do talk about the episode, but we talk about other stuff even more. We talk about... Rob Liefeld, we talk about X-Men, X-Force, comic books, we talk about Daredevil Born Again, and what our expectations are for that series, Um, but yes, we do also cover the episode as well, but just know, going into this one, it's not all She-Hulk episode 5 conversation, and honestly, 
this week wasn't one it wasn't my favorite episode of, of She-Hulk and I'm kind of glad that we didn't just talk about that cuz it might have been a kind of boring episode. I'll be honest. Uh, but instead, it was a really fun episode. I got to kick it with Count Blazemore. Um, I got to, to you know, make a new friend and, and learn about his fandom. And I love talking X-Men. You guys know I love X-Men. And you know I love talking about X-Men and, and it, you're speculating about how they're going to enter the MCU. So uh, let's not waste any more time, man. Let's jump into the conversation with my new friend, Count Blazemore. Count Blazemore, <laughs> welcome to the show. Yeah. Hey, man. Thanks a lot. It's an honor to be here. Uh, uh, makes me feel like all my time on Twitter has been well spent. It's all not just for nothing. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, I, uh, so, we, found, we, found, we found each other on Twitter, and um, yeah. that's all I knew, knew you as before. This is Count Blazemore. Can you – what's the story, man? Like, what's the name? Is there is – there, possibly a reference to count nefaria here oh well i'm I'm a big count nefaria fan uh haven't read too many stories but i definitely read the one where uh uh he he's at the uh the nato base and the x-men fight him and they lose uh thunderbird oh my god um you know i i like uh i like the basketball player kent Bazemore. uh he's uh-huh. a really spunky player really uh really good guy and like he's one of these short guys that plays really well and um mm-hmm. i think he just inspired that so that's kind of like you know my um my geekdom name and okay. so also like you know um you know it's not my it's not my only identity and on on twitter i have like you know another account but if i'm posting about excellent all the time uh i will be muted and so fast so i i started uh count blaze more so i could just go full in on my fandom which is you know i, I like x-men a lot that's kind of what i've been yes. doing i've been doing a huge reading project where you know i'm i've been reading up till well i've been reading most of the x-men uh comics and i'm up to 2006 right now um, that's awesome yeah, thanks man and then, you know, I uh, like other, you know, geeky things and non- non-geeky things, too. But, you know, I, I, I've, I'm i caught up on Star Trek. And lately I've been playing a lot of Zelda. So those are kind of my – that's the trifecta for me these days. I love Star Wars, too. I see your Star Wars shirt. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I have to say that, um, like, Twitter uh, – comics Twitter is a really fun space to be in. And – yeah. You know, I actually am not that active uh, in on Twitter, like in non-comics stuff. I'm way more active on my comics account because it's yeah. just more fun. You know, uh, other places on Twitter, you hear horror stories about toxicity and things like that. And I just haven't really gotten that deep to really experience that. But I can say that on comics Twitter, for the most part, it's not there. Um, yeah. It's more of a place of like celebration which I think is really beautiful. So, and it's cool, you know, leading to um, relationships and, and, you know, I have new friends that I only know through Twitter, which is very interesting. And, and it's nice to be able to like count you among them. 
Yeah. Well, thank you, man. I, uh, I don't even remember how we found each other. Obviously, it was something about comics or a mutual friend that posted about uh, who knows. Um, yeah. But <laughs> we found each other. Yeah, I think. Uh, and I, yeah. I think just commenting, you know, I, I leave a lot of comments. I don't post that much. I post like <laughs> uh, reviews of the comics that I read mo- mainly. And then late, lately I've been slacking and I just post whatever. But I do comment more, way more. And so I think that's kind of how I get to know people. Mm hmm. And could yeah. it just be one like one of our mutuals uh, liked your liked one of your tweets and I commented on it or who knows? That's that seems to be how I make most of my friends on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. So what's uh so what's the story with uh, your X-Men fandom? So how did that come about? You have been into this like since you were a kid or was it the films or was it were you always a comics? Yeah. Geek or what? Yeah. So I I definitely grew up a comics fan, but I spent my money on candy instead. So I didn't yes. have that many comics, but I did have X-Force number one. I did have New Mutants 100. Um, I saved up for that one. I did so, have a bunch of Batman Nightfall stuff, like Batman 500. And awesome. my, I, my older brother was collecting X-Force, so I read his X-Force, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like the Sabotage miniseries crossover or I guess it's not a miniseries but the crossover between Spider-Man and X-Force with uh, Rob Liefeld and Todd Todd McFarlane it's Todd's last issue of Spider-Man I love that one Mm -hmm. and that was one that I read you know a bunch of times when I was a kid and then my brother had some trade paperbacks too so like Extinction Agenda uh, Executioner's Mm -hmm. Song and so those actually I would revisit as I got older, you know, and I read some comics. I read more Batman um, as I ventured into adulthood. And then um, my partner went away to uh, chamber music camp. It's like band camp, but for um, for classical musicians. Mm-hmm. And I needed I felt like, you know, all alone. And so I went to the comic book store and I bought uh, three epic collections, which are um, reprints of old uh, Marvel books. So I got uh, X-Men number one epic collection, which is the original Stanley and Jack Kirby stuff. Um, and yeah. I got number five, which is the second Genesis, which has giant size number one, and then up in into John Byrne's run. Um, I think we get, we see Vindicator for the first time. And that's like the last issue of that. And then I also got X-Force Epic Collection number one. And uh, so I started reading those, and then I got really hooked. Um, and I didn't really know that much about comics. I didn't know who Rife, La, excuse me, I didn't know who Rob Liefeld was, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. He, but what I did notice is I'm reading X-Force, right? And then all of a sudden the art gets way worse. And, and, I yeah. keep seeing this guy's name. He's doing the plots, but he stopped doing the pencils. And I'm starting to like figure out how comics work. Cause like mm-hmm. I kind of knew how things, I knew kind of how comics worked. Um, like I had read a lot of Frank Miller before that, like the Batman stuff, Dark Knight Returns, Year One. Yeah. I read some of his, um, Daredevil. And so like I knew that he wrote and drew Dark Knight Returns, but he didn't draw Year One, right? But I didn't really understand, like, the significance of certain figures. I didn't know who Chris Claremont was. So I'm reading 
um, Second Genesis, the you know the new team, and um, and I'm hooked. I'm super hooked. I can't uh, wait to get the next issue. Um, and and so after I read that, I was going through. Uh, I started collecting classic X Men, which is the reprints mm-hmm. of that run, starting from I think Giant Size is is a uh, sort of recapped in classic X-Men number one, but I started reading classic X-Men and collecting that. And also I, I found um, these hard covers of the X-Force run, the Nicieza X-Force run. So I, I started reading X-Force and Cable. And then also I was reading X-Men. Really, I could just get just, I was just reading whatever I could get my hands on. And then I figured out, oh my God, the same guy is writing all this, Chris Claremont. He's writing, yeah. um, you know, uh, the stuff I was borrowing from my friend. I, I borrowed like a, a collection of the Jim Lee stuff from my friend. I realized also like Fabian Cieza, he's writing all the X-Force. This Rob Liefeld guy, he was important, but X-Force is like not really him. It's much right. more Nicieza wrote it for 40 plus issues or something like that. And just starting to figure out how comics work and like, what a run ent- entails. Then I figured out, then I learned that like the Chris Claremont run of X-Men is, you know, um, an unparalleled achievement, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote it for what, 15, 16 years. Uh, and, and um, that's very rare in comics. And I, yeah. you know, uh, I always thought that like, I wanted to read stuff by the same author because that continuity would make sense. It's like continuity of vision, right? Yeah. And I think I was turned off by comics before, not because I didn't think that was really possible. But then with the X-Men run, you do have that for like you know, mm-hmm. a decade and a half. Um, obviously with contributions like from Louis Simonson and um, Ando Santity and, and those other writers that, that contributed that were part of the X-Office during, during that time, Joe Duffy. Uh, and like Bob Layton over on the X Factor title. So I just, as an adult, like in my early 30s, I guess we could say this happened. I started like uh, getting really hooked on on comics. So it was really the X Men run, and then um, and the X Force run, and then I started to be a little bit more methodical about how I was reading it. Um, because before, uh, in my early stages, when I didn't know really how comics work, I was just buying, I was going to the used bookstore and buying whatever comics I found. So I w- yeah. read like Wolverine Origin. Uh, I mm-hmm. read the, uh, the Whedon run, the Astonishing X-Men. Like that was one of the first things I read because it was the easiest to find. Um, there were a lot yeah. of sales, there are a lot of copies for sale at the used bookstores, which is yeah. still one of my favorite places to go shopping for comics. Um, Same, like yeah. That's where the, the deals are to be had. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, I've learned a lot and then I started listening to podcasts because I, I drive a lot, um, for work and, uh, I started to just really like enjoy, um, getting a good handle on the material. Like for me, I, I don't like listening to a, a podcast about an issue that I haven't read, you know, but once I've read it, I want to yeah. like, internalize it without having to reread it because if I'm reading everything, which I probably won't, but so far I've read a lot of uh, 
a solid block, you know what I mean, with with a few holes, but solid block of X-Men up until 2006. And so the podcast is kind of like a way for me to recap um, my knowledge. And uh, I think Mm -hmm. that's cool. So, like, I, you know, I think the OG podcast is The Danger Room. And I, I like those guys. They're it, it's very casual, and um, they just do one issue at a time, or they used to. And then, of course, I got mm-hmm. into Jay and Miles Explain, which is mm-hmm. you know um, untouchable. I don't know if you know the, that podcast, but they do an amazing job. It's higher production value, you know, yeah. like they have a producer, uh, and they they went in uh, guns blazing like. Um, they consulted with other podcasters and they did it right from the beginning. And that really shows. So, and like, so those two podcasts, I think I like a lot that, um, helped me recap through what I had already read. But now I'm yeah. kind of like, I'm too far ahead for any of those. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I listen to, I still listen to some, some X-Men podcasts, but it's not, it's not the same. I, I like, I, I'm caught up on some, and I haven't, you know, it's too many episodes to listen to. So uh, yeah. then I was listening to all these podcasts that are always talking about Twitter, right? All the actions on Twitter. And yeah. um, so I finally got curious and signed up for Twitter, and I think it's fun. And so then that brings us to, like, um, me be hanging out on Twitter, meeting people, including you. Uh, and that's sort mm-hmm. of like my my comics fandom journey. Uh, and I, I I read non X Men too. I just read Batman Year Two. I think that was interesting. Uh-huh. Alan Davis and um, uh, Todd McFarlane doing the art, and it it's cool. Like uh, Batman Mask of the Phantasm, uh, the animated series mm-hmm. movie, takes a lot from Batman Year Two. Uh, so that was cool. And then um, you know. Other than that, I'm just watching the same nerd stuff as everybody else, you know. Caught, I'm caught, pretty much caught up on MCU, I think. And then, um, you know, watching all the, the Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings. And what a time to be alive, huh? Cobra Kai. Yeah, the, yeah there's no there's no end to uh, the amount of geekdom you can, like, dive into. It's it's everywhere all the time. Like, it's all mainstream now. It's, uh yeah. It is. It's like as when I was a kid growing up, like it just wasn't this way. It it wasn't, you know, it was out there. There was comic books, there was cartoons, there was, but no live action films like this. Nothing live action series like that. I mean, it, it was a dream back then. Like, there's no way they will ever see yeah. that. But now we're seeing, you know, She Hulk uh, in in a series. <laughs> like yeah. this is it. it it's wild. The stuff we're getting. We got a Moon Knight series. Like, whoever would have imagined that? Even, even if you were imagining the perfect future of, you know, what we could have in terms of like bringing comic books to life, I don't think anyone would have been like, you know, what would be crazy is if they did a Moon Knight and then they followed it up like the next year with a, a Werewolf by Night Halloween special. <laughs> like, that's it. Sounds it sounds crazy when you when you say it. Um, yeah, totally. Have you? I have to ask, since you're such a huge X Men fan and an X Men podcast fan, did did you ever check out uh, the Uncanny X Cast? Um, 
I think I have. Yeah, I, I've I've listened to so many X Men podcasts. It's amazing how many there are. Mm-hmm. Um, Uncanny X Cast. Uh, do they go through the issues? Because some sometimes mm-hmm. some yeah, episodes. Uh, what's, I, what, what's really cool? Hmm. No, I, so I was just I, saying it, what's what's really it cool depends on what about, they're covering. Uh, please. Okay. Please. 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 What's really cool about the the Uncanny X cast is um, that it like it kind of transcends a podcast. It, it's like the fans of Uncanny X cast are like it, it, it's uh, it's unparalleled in terms of like fandom of the cat. Like the people who are fans of it are uh-huh. really fans. Of it. There's so many inside jokes. There's so many uh, you know things that are deliberately just from the show. That's it. Like. You don't know unless you know. Um, and yeah, they did, they did so much so early on. What's so great about their podcast is they started way back in 2006. And, um, oh, they may be the OGs actually. Yeah. Uh, in terms of X-Men comic podcasting, a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I'm looking them up. Yeah. They, uh, and they're a lot less active now. They have that last couple of years, but they went strong yeah. for a decade of like, um, and I think they went, so they went, what they would do and what I think might interest you is, so at the time was 2006, right? And you said that's kind of where you are in the comics right now? Yeah. So what they did is the first half of their show would focus on the new comics that had just come out. Uh. And they would talk about those. And then at the end, of, towards the end of the, the, the last block of the show would be them going back and taking five, four or five issues from the originals and making their way through them through the years. And they, they've made their way all the way up to like 1993, maybe or something in the classics. Wow. And from 2006, yeah. all the way to like maybe 2012. And the... that's cool. Yeah. I'll tell you mm-hmm. why I haven't listened to them. It's because of the new stuff, because yeah. I'm not, I, uh, I'm not caught up on that. I don't, I don't, don't like listening to, uh, people talk about this. I don't want to get spoiled. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Even though yes. so much got spoiled, but I think I, you know, I'm I'm not stressing too much. You're not supposed to stress too much about that stuff in comics, right? Um, like we know that we know about End Day. Like I read House of M, I knew it was going to happen, right? There, but how? But I would I would trade I wouldn't trade the enjoyment that I'd had being in the fandom for mm-hmm. being able to have that surprise. So. That sounds awesome, and I should check out some of their um, their stuff, especially if they started in 2006. Then those new comics yeah. are yeah uh, yeah what what I'm ex- experiencing. So I, I see I see what you're saying there. That's a good recommendation. Yeah, um, and then also I have to ask you brought up you brought up X Force and Rob Liefeld, and that was kind of mm-hmm. like the first thing that you were really into, right? Um, is that do you listen to uh, his podcast, Rob Observations? Oh my God, I've listened to a lot, but I'm not, not, not fully caught up. Um, yes, yes, I do. You can count me as a listener. It, it's great, right? It's a, it's he, he's so good. I mean, oh he's God. ridiculous at times. He's a hundred percent ridiculous, and he like really loves to toot his own horn. Like that is oh. like, like it's his job, <laughs> you know, to constantly bring up like, and by the way. The the Magnificent Seven from Image Comics who broke away and changed the game, yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. part of it, by the way. Like, I love it, but I, yeah. I love him. 
Um, me too. Uh, I think that he is an amazing comics historian. And yes. he just has, like, really fun stories about old comics. And he's going through old interviews and stuff like that. I think that stuff is really cool. Um, yeah. I think that he is one of the most uh, divisive I, I, divisive is maybe not the reason, the word, but a lot of people dislike Rob Liefeld as yeah. an artist. They don't like the <laughs> art. A lot of people dislike Rob Liefeld as like a figure. Um, like they don't like how he carries himself online, I guess, and in interviews. <laughs> and I think a lot of it is part of that, uh, the ego you're talking about. And I think yeah. actually it's a it's a vicious cycle because, you know, the more you get attacked, the more you're going to be like, but look how awesome I am, right? Yeah. Um, I am more on the Rob Liefeld is awesome camp because uh, I'm in that camp because again, like I was saying earlier, I was reading X Force, thinking this is it, this is what I remember, right? Like, uh, you know six or seven years ago when I started my reading project. Um, and then he leaves the book and you can tell it's just missing something. Right. I don't mm. even know what, it, what it is. I, I'm not like good enough at critiquing visual art to be able to tell you like, Oh, it, the way these lines are or whatever. I just know that that right, right. passion and um, like the, the passion and the care is not there. Right. And also like the skill. And the, the thing about Rob Liefeld is he is ma mainly self-taught and people say, oh, this looks like a kid drew it. Yes, a kid did draw it, but it also did. It did improve those sales. I think it, Rob Liefeld gets um, bashed a lot for how he was favored over Louise Simonson, mm -hmm. like his uh, contributions were were treated as more important than hers and they blame him for her being unceremoniously removed from the book and i don't really think that's fair to rob um i think that simonson did some great issues of new mutants and i'm i'm here for it you know i really like that run um the fact is or according to rob is Bob Harris contacted him and said, hey, we want – like, we're moving the writer off the book, so I'm looking for a new direction. And, um, and like, Rob went in knowing that was going to happen, and he never met Louise Simonson. Like, he's West Coast. She's East Coast. And so what I want is I want to hear from Bob, Bob Harris, right? Yeah. There's no interviews with this guy. Um, that I can find. There's like very small little snippets here and there. And I realized as I was getting into like the year 2000 in the X-Men comics that I've been reading Bob's book, right? Like all of the X titles from the late 80s, from like uh, basically like after Inferno to um, to after he leaves Marvel when he's editor-in-chief, but certainly up to onslaught that's that's like bob's book he's handling all the x titles uh mm -hmm. pretty much right 
and and he was actually very hands on as an editor. And um, like Nicieza talks about how I think X Force Annual Three is changed a lot uh, because Bob changed a lot of the dialogue. And so I just I think it would be anyway. Getting back to Rob, like Bob definitely favored Rob. He favored Jim Lee over over Chris Claremont. Mm-hmm. Um, and like he, Rob, the 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 fact of the matter is these pay, decisions did pay off financially, right? Yeah. Uh, New Mutants 100. New, New Mutants 100 sells over a million copies, right? Uh, X-Force number one sells multi-millions. X-Force number two sells over a million. Um, then then he's, he leaves Marvel and starts his own company, which to me, I think like all the image founders um, are, are awesome for founding image. Like maybe I would have preferred like a smoother transition out of Marvel as a reader. Like, uh, you know, maybe less drop storylines and things like that. But, um, but come on, that's, that's badass to be starting your own company, going independent, and then Youngblood sells over a million and he meets Easy E. Easy E's a fan of his work. Like, that's so, yeah. it's just so cool. And I think if I was getting attacked all the time, like he is, that I maybe would feel like extra defensive and insecure. Like, Usually when someone's tooting their own horn so much, it's a sign of insecurity, right? And if you're being told that you're bad, uh, you know, like a bad artist and that you don't deserve um, your success um, mm-hmm. all the time, then, you know, it's. I think it's easy to see how you can feel insecure that way. Yeah. Uh, but and I, I would say, like, to – I would say – I would say to anyone that, like, even if you aren't a fan of Rob Liefeld as a person, if you're not a fan of Rob Liefeld as an artist, um, that they should still give his podcast a try. Because, as you said, as a podcaster, as a comic historian, he's fantastic. Because I never cared either way for Rob Liefeld. But once I started listening to that podcast, I became really interested in what he had to say. Like... Yeah. Before that, yeah. not so much. But man, I—he's such a great storyteller. He really is. Yeah. Whether it's yeah. you know he's doing it through the visual medium or writing a comic, or if he's telling you a story about something that happened between him and Jack Kirby, or um, you know the story of how Frank Miller you know went on this run with with Daredevil in 1979, all the way through doing uh, Batman: Dark Knight Returns in '86, and like he just tells stories whether it's about his own life or just like stuff that happened in comics in the industry he does it in such a compelling way it's just really fun to listen to yeah he's just like a huge fan too that's yeah you know i think that's why he was also so successful early on is because he really had his thumb on the pulse of what was working and what wasn't and and you could tell he just he loves comics and he's one yeah. of these guys that like um you can't you can't love comics as much and ha- as he does and have it consume your life as much as it was back then and then also like um like <laughs> have the career that he has unless you're in comics it seems like 
that's how he's he's yeah. like that deep in it. There's no other option for him. And he says this on the podcast. It's like if he's on a minimum wage track at, if he doesn't do comics, right? And instead it saves his life basically. You know, his dad had all this medical issues that he was like helping out with. There's a real sense of urgency at for his family to have some money flowing in. And he's able to do that, I think, like – Big props to him. And then, yeah, again, the podcast is really – it's really uh, informative. And, you know, and it's funny a lot of a lot of the times you hear about him, like, mm-hmm. when you talk about that Daredevil run, he's like, yeah, I cried when elected when Electra died. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, wow, you know, this was a big deal back then, right? If mm-hmm. I read it now, that's another thing. It's like, you know, you know the Electra story. But even if you just saw the Bennett Affleck – daredevil um like that's when i knew about electra and then i knew that she you know i basically knew the ins and outs of that story after that movie so um but to be there in the moment i think was cool and so to hear about it from somebody who was there in the moment is a fun listen yes yes and and it still it doesn't take away from going back if you go back and read the stories like seeing that movie, knowing how it plays out um, in a, some sort of roundabout way doesn't take away from the enjoyment of reading that comic. Almost like you were saying earlier, right. like it doesn't take right. the enjoyment away from the fandom to have something spoiled. It doesn't like ruin everything for you. So, yeah. Well, I'm trying not um, to get spoiled still, but it's like it's not the yeah, end yeah. of the world. It's, it's really like especially in such a visual medium, you know, every page by somebody good is a journey in and of itself. You know what I mean? And um, you're not going to get that anywhere else. And as Rob says, to quote Jack Kirby, we got infinite budgets, right? These people make yes. these comics. They have an infinite budget to put on the page, whatever comes into their mind and in their imagination. Yeah. I'll say the last thing on Rob Liefeld, I'm sure the listeners are like, what is it? I thought this was a She-Hulk podcast. <laughs> um Oh man! But I'm a I, I didn't, I'm an accidental Rob Liefeld stand. Yeah, yeah, I did the same thing. Um, so I feel like um, here's one of my goals. One day mm. I want Rob Liefeld to find this podcast, and I want yeah. him to call my show a macho show. I want him to say, "Macho, that was a macho show." <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't. I don't know how macho we're being. Actually, I think you would say we're being very macho, saying nice things yeah. about him. Yes. Yeah. How, you can't get much more macho than giving props yeah, to Rob right. Lytle. Um, that's all right. right. So let's uh, – yeah, I know you have kind of a, a budgeted time here, so let's, uh, let's jump into this She-Hulk episode. Um, first of all, like how have you been feeling about the She-Hulk show in general, like leading up to now? Are you big on it or, or not so much? Um, sure. I guess you could say I'm big on it. I think it's one of the better MCU shows. Um, okay. And I'm pretty easy to please, I think. Like, <laughs> I, I pretty much like it all, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. I just think it's fun. But certain things I like more than others. And I think that this is uh, a nice, like, tone shift, this show. It's yeah. a little bit different. Uh, it's it's pretty funny, and I think that it 
it's an intriguing premise that opens the door for a lot of cool things to happen. Yeah. Um, I haven't read that many She-Hulk comics. Like, I read the X-Men comic where she hooks up with a juggernaut. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've read stuff like, um, you know, Secret Wars and stuff like that, right? where uh, she joins the Fantastic Four. So, and, but anyway, so I like She-Hulk. I think she's a cool character. I'm not like uh, I'm not the biggest She-Hulk fan, but I, I certainly don't dislike her. And so I think I think uh, it's a good show so far. I'm not like it's not my uh, favorite MCU thing, um, mm-hmm. but it's certainly I think in the upper half for me. Okay. How about you? Yeah, I'm finding it. Yeah, I'm finding it as like it's fine so far. Like I, I'll see where it goes, but yeah, it's not my favorite. Um, unlike you, I, I'd probably put it in the lower half so far. Um, but mm-hmm. I do enjoy the tonal shift. So I like that about all the series. Like they all feel a little bit different. They all have their own thing going. And every time we start a new show, I'm like, well, what do they have left? You know, like what, what, what can they play on next? Cause we've had like spy thriller. We've had like, um, sci-fi. We've had like time travel. We've had, um, there's all these different elements of each one that, that feel like different kinds of movies. We've had like buddy cop with like, yeah. Uh, Falcon the Winter Soldier, and also kind of in, in Hawkeye, right? Um, you, you've got these different types of shows, um, and then WandaVision is like a departure from everything we've ever seen, and then like a Loki is, it, yeah, it's time travel, it's jumping to different parallel timelines. Um, everyone so far is different from the rest in some way or another. Yeah. Like, and I keep thinking like they're gonna run out of things. Like some shows are gonna have to be the same, you know, or very similar. Uh, tonally, but they're not. They're all kind of all over the place. This is the first, very first, like, uh, you know, law procedural slash comedy, you know, Ally McBeal type show. They're, we they haven't done that yet. Uh, I yeah. dig that it's leaning into the comedy aspect and the just just the being silly and having fun. I do like that about it. Yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of, of like some episodes i loved last week's episode i think that was my favorite one so far um mm-hmm. this week i don't feel was as good just because i think it it, it um i don't know it did, i don't feel like it did a whole lot i think the main point of that episode was almost to just uh to have that final scene like let you know daredevil's coming because uh-huh. other than that it was like yeah it was all it was it was fun. It was all to yeah. – I think it was supposed to be fluff. It was supposed to be fun and silly. It wasn't supposed to yeah. really move the story a whole lot. Yeah, it's um, – they're also very short episodes, you know. I feel like mm-hmm. yeah, that actually plays to uh, its advantage um, because yeah. it's it's kind of like a light show. It's like – to me, it has kind of a similar feel as 30 Rock. You ever watch that show uh-huh. with T.F.A.? Yeah. Yep. Just a little bit of like yep. you know office spacey. It's a or, or office space comedy or something like that. Um, yeah. You know, I'm I like this last episode except I'm I'm tantalized by Titania. Like, mm-hmm. okay, where did she get her powers? Is yeah. no one asking this question? They're like, she's a super powered person, okay? <laughs> but where did she get yeah. her powers? Right? Do you have a theory? Have you been thinking about this? No idea. I, I've been saying it every time she shows up. Does she even like? What are her powers specifically? She's like strong. That, like that, just like, like she like, She's just strong. Okay. All Similar. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's the old uh, Marvel uh, trick that they did. A lot of their 
especially early on in these movies, the yep. uh, antagonist is like the inverse of yep. the protagonist, you know, like a uh, yellow jacket or iron mongol. Uh, mm-hmm. or anyway, so it's a similar thing. Okay, but in the comics, she it is in uh, Secret Wars. She first shows up in Secret Wars 1. Mm-hmm. And she gets her power from the Beyonder. Okay. Um, have you do you know Secret Wars? The original uh, I know this. I know the story. I know what happens, yeah, but yeah. I haven't actually read it, no. It's like But I do know about a, them being a, like all pulled to like Battle Planet, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so Titania is a, a human woman that gets pulled there as well. Like, I think her p- section of Colorado gets merged into Battleworld. Could be wrong, but I think it's like a lot of parts of planets that are now merged onto the same planet. And mm-hmm. she gets her powers from Titania, uh, the Beyonder. Like, he shows up at her house, and um, I don't really remember. But anyway... So we know we got a Secret Wars movie coming, right? And yeah, it could be the Beyonder, and that's what I really. If if it ends up being the Beyonder, then I will be so thrilled. And if it ends up not yeah. being the Beyonder, then you know I'm sure I'll get over it. But but you know, online I say I'll riot. Yeah, yeah, it it is exciting. Like to think that. <laughs> We don't know who this leader is. We don't know who is uh, after mm. She-Hulk's blood. Um, I, you know, that's still up in the air. We have this – they keep bringing people back in, right? And, and a lot of people are saying this this character, Todd, that she went on the date with and, and asked about her uh, impenetrable skin and whether or not vibranium uh-huh. could, could pierce it. A lot of people are uh, curious about this guy. Like, you know, is this guy somehow involved with that? Is he – It was he the guy – that that stabbed her, right? Because he had the mask on and everything. We don't know who he is. Um, hmm. So there's a lot going on there. There's that. We don't know who the, the leader of that group is that they've referred to. We know Matt Murdock's showing up. Is there a, is yeah. there a, a Kingpin tie-in here? Um, a lot of things could be going on. A ton of stuff. Yeah. Do you think that is Kingpin, then, who's, uh, I guess, employing the Wrecking Crew? Who, by the way... They are so um, – their bodies are just nothing, you know what I mean? They're so they're skinny, scrawny people. A wrecking crew are supposed to be like, um, yeah. you know, beefcakes. Yeah, and these anyway, guys are and just like random goons, right, like off the street. Yeah, they're – and they look pretty young, and so I don't know. Maybe we're going to see the wrecking crew for the next 20 years in the MCU, and that's – that's the logic behind it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be real important, everybody. Um, yeah, so Kingpin could be the guy, but right? I, I think could maybe be. it's Modoc. Modoc. Okay. Yeah, because Kingpin's not like your um, your weird energy uh, apparatus weapons, right? He, he's <laughs> yeah. like a little more traditional. Uh, but AIM... These are some villainous scientists, right? And so, and Modoc, mm-hmm. I, I I feel like I saw a rumor that he was going to show up sometime. Um, it would be great, and I I don't know. I always like it when new characters show up from the comics. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. and right now we've had like a lot in the show, and that's cool. But the new villain, 
I yes. always want the new villain to be like, uh, you know, someone new and cool. And I think Modok would be really cool. I think it would make a lot of sense. Um, I don't, you know, there, there are like hundreds of potential Marvel villains that would hire the Wrecking Crew and give them fancy ass weapons like that. Uh, so I, mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, Count Nefaria, give it to me. You know what I mean? Yes. It's a great yes, villain. That would be fantastic. <laughs> yes. So yeah, I'm guessing you're just as like jazz as I am, like for X-Men and the MC. Like this is like, I, I've been talking about my entire podcast, like for the past two years, it seems like I've been, every time I get a chance, I think every episode I make a obligatory X-Men reference. There's something I talk about uh-huh. that has to do with X-Men. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm, yeah. I'm always, I can't wait for it. It looks like it's still going to be a couple years off, but they keep dropping these hints just to mess with us. Um, but, oops. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you got to think like a corporation here, okay? They yeah. have all of this track of railroad that they've laid for um, their five-year plan that we are in the middle of right now. Uh, they made that plan before the deal with Fox went down that gave them the rights to Fantastic Four and yep. X-Men and Deadpool. Um, now, since their five-year plan is Kang, it's mm-hmm. easier to fit Fantastic Four into that because Kang is more a Fantastic Four villain than X-Men. I really haven't read that much Kang, to be honest. Um, but mm-hmm. he shows up in Secret Wars. He shows up in... Uh, maximum security where earth turns into, turns into a prison for uh you know the universe i guess um but yeah uh so fantastic four is easier to put in there and mutants um again i think like a corporation you got all this track laid for your old plan and so far things are going good people are coming out you're making money from all of this eventually that stuff is going to mm-hmm. It's going to be harder to sell, especially with so many shows and getting like four movies this year. Is that right? Three three or four movies? It's a lot. And so you kind of wait for X-Men as long as possible, and then you cast them super young, which you totally can. You can cast teenagers. You can cast Cyclops as a Mm 17-year-old or a Mm 17-year-old as Cyclops, rather, and you got him – for the next 30 years playing that character potentially. Um, And so, so I don't know. That's what I think they're doing. I think they're waiting a long time. I think we're going to get really young casting for these people. I think that mutants have been around. I, this is what I really hope. I don't want mutants coming out of some portal or being merged from the multiverse or from secret wars. I want, uh, Professor X is around, right? He's been mm-hmm. a mutant for a while, and he's been uh, like hanging out with Magneto already. I want—I don't know how they do the Magneto thing with making him a Holocaust yeah. survivor, which is a very important part of his identity. But we did have that strange Defenders arc in the '70s where he kind of like makes this super powerful mutant, Mutant X, I think, and or Mutant Alpha, I forget. And he turns Magneto into a baby. And then yeah. uh, early on in the Claremont run, they they unbabify 
uh, Magneto, and he gets turned into an adult, but then they say, like, he's actually, like, he has the vitality of a 30-year-old. He looks like he's 60, but he's he's really, like, because his age has been messed with so much. He Anyway, so they, we could do that. That's what I really yeah. hope for. I want Magneto to be a Jewish Holocaust survivor who got turned into a baby uh-huh. and turned back into a man again. <laughs> and so he's, like, 120 years old, but he looks <laughs> like he's, or he, you know, he's has the vitality of a 30 or 40 year old. Okay. Say, so I want he's, he's 120. Yeah. He's 120 years old. He looks 50, but he feels 30. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Exactly. All right. All right. Yeah. And then I want apocalypse. You know what I mean? I want the apocalypse yes. sinister saga. Like apocalypse should yeah. be multi thousand years old. Sinister should be, you know, a contemporary of Darwin who, who got experimented on by apocalypse and yeah. he's interested in the bloodlines. I want one of my favorite things about X Men is the Apocalypse, Mister Sinister, Summers Family Tree stuff, mm-hmm. um, because it's just really fun and confusing. And that, to me, as a uh, a reader, was what helped me get really hooked. Because, like, again, I I grew up reading X Force, Ex- Executioner Song. You know, I think I did read. My brother had those issues of Cable, like the original um, miniseries Blood and Metal, and the first issues of of um, the ongoing Cable series. And so, like, all of that stuff was really, like, intriguing to me. And uh, so that's what I want in the MCU. And I, if we, if we don't have, like, the all that history with Sinister analyzing their bloodline and have, like um, – making plans about um, who their offspring's going to be so he can – that offspring can fight Apocalypse and free Sinister from servitude to Apocalypse. To mm-hmm. me, well, that's – anyway, that's what I want. But I think that we're going to get little drips and drabs like we have, right? Yeah. So we got Kamala Khan – sorry, Kamala Khan is a mm-hmm. mutant now. I think – I have no problem with that. How do you feel about that? That's fine. That's fine. Like, yeah. I, not not at all bothered by that whatsoever. I had some people who were like, upset. "Why would you even be upset about that? Who cares?" They said mutant. That feels good. <laughs> like, be happy. Yeah, totally. I mean, and and there are a lot of mutants in the um, comics that are not X Men characters, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, like Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. They're they're they started off in X Men. But really, they became Avengers characters. And, yeah, and they were um, retconned as mutants, and then retconned again as non-mutants. So yeah, oh, right. So they're not even mutants now in the comics, right? Right. I think I, I, then, I don't uh, know. So what about now? Are you expecting that Namor will be a mutant when he shows up in in Wakanda Forever? Well, I think you do the same thing that you did in the comics. Um, will he be a mutant? I mean. Yes and no. They don't need to say mutant. Yeah. Um, like in the comics, Namor was just a fish man who, yeah. um, who was, he was in Marvel comics before the title Marvel existed. And he, he was like a legacy character basically that they brought in. He, I, the Fantastic Four never, I forget which one, like three or four, one of the early uh-huh. Fantastic Four comics. They find Namor living as a homeless person in New York City, and 
he like has lost his memory or something. And yeah. that's why he's been like out of the picture in the comics. So that's why you haven't been reading Namor comics. And then he gets this memory restored. I, this, I read this a long time ago, so I don't really know, but he gets this memory restored and then becomes like one of the main characters, one of the main adjunct characters in Fantastic Four. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. oftentimes a villain, sometimes, um, a, uh, you know, anti-hero, which he becomes more and more of. Then Magneto comes, and like this is, I think, in the eighties, where Magneto, I, I, or I don't know, later, Magneto talks to Namor and he's like, "Face it, you're a mutant. You're one of us." And Namor's like, "I don't care. Like I'm doing my own thing. <laughs> okay, go screw yeah. off." Yeah, but Namor, yeah, for so many years is not an X Men character. My understanding <laughs> is that he does uh, become come like a big character in the X books. And so for this first movie, we're going to see Namor, and um, like he's for sure in the movie. They may not say he's a mutant. We might just get a little tag with the stupid animated series music again. Not not that I don't like yeah. it. I just think it's. Oh, it's great. I think it's a little bit corny the way they mix it in. It's like how many times are we going to hear that? Yeah. Uh, whenever somebody with a mutant connection shows up, uh, I just right. think it's a little on the nose. Uh, yeah. Again, but it's you got to think like a corporation. Right. Yeah. They're you're, doing, you're exciting they're a lot of super clear. Uh, uh, you're make you're you're exciting a lot of middle aged men right now. Like when you do that sound, <laughs> a, a, a lot of little little boys are coming out. You know, they're like, that's right. Yes. Um. So, all right. I I know you got to go soon. Let's let's uh, let's talk this She Hulk episode. So basically, she's getting uh, she I thought she was getting sued from the last episode for going by She-Hulk when, when yeah. Titania had trademarked it. But maybe it was just a writing error, I don't know, or maybe it was a countersuit. But she yeah. was – they were calling Titania the defendant and saying that she was using the She-Hulk name and she shouldn't have been allowed to. So I was a little confused by that. But what did you think about them bringing back, like, all the dates from the, the previous episode to like go through and establish that she was definitely going by She-Hulk for a while. Um, I thought it was uh, entertaining. Um, I thought it was interesting. It's like, I don't know. I'm a man watching this show about a woman written by a woman, directed by a woman. Right. Um, uh-huh. And, and to me, it was like, this is the kind of stuff that women have to go through all the time. And um, it seems like uh, a humiliating thing to go through. And they do comment on, on yeah. that. Um, and, um, but she just does it anyway, because this is like her, her life. And I don't, I'm not a woman, yeah. so I can't say, but my impression is that, you know, stuff like that happens all the time that you have to deal with. Um, so mm-hmm. I think I think that uh, one of the reasons why She-Hulk has been review bombed because it has a very low score on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, I think, is because yeah. it's saying it's saying a lot about um, kind of the unfairness with which our society treats women, and uh-huh. a lot of I, I guess men, a, a lot of men feel threatened by that enough to review bomb. Um, the uh, crap out of the show 
to me, I think it's like interesting. I'm watching this with my, uh, my partner who's a woman and, you know, um, I think that she appreciates like having that stuff in there, but it's not like that's what the show's about. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think I also appreciate a little bit of continuity just from a, like a structural standpoint. Like we had these sequences with these guys in the previous episode and I actually yeah. expected not to see any of them again. Right. Maybe oh, yeah, one too. of them. Me too. Yeah. And so I like having, um, that serial, serialized nature of the show and bringing back yeah. uh, some of those fellas. And I think that, like, uh, it's 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 educational to see from female creators' perspectives how men act because some of these men have been yeah. pretty lame. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I, I think that also – you know, it could be a valid criticism that it's like, oh, they have an agenda to make all men look bad because they're none of the men are great yeah. guys in this show except Wong. Right. But even Wong is a little bit sus. Yes. Um, you know, like <laughs> he, he admits to breaking um, uh, abomination out of the cell, which is, you know, that's that's like mm-hmm. breaking the law. I would be pissed if I was in charge of the law. And then they're yeah. like, so what about that? And then he just bounces, right? Bounces through a portal. And yeah. like, come on. I think real heroes maybe like take some accountability into, uh, uh, you know, they take responsibility for, for their actions. I want to see a movie where it's all about like, um, you know, property damage assessments and things like that. But I think I'm in the minority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, I, I was kind of like, I'm, I'm kind of hoping to see that stuff in this series, like just stuff like, um, mm-hmm. where they, where they dive into like, what are the repercussions of all these giant things that have happened all over the world? Like, okay, and, and, yes, on a small level, like, on like, like you know, whatever. Joanne Smith's house was destroyed by this thing that happened during the battle for New York. Um, and she's suing someone for it. Like, she's suing yeah. the Avengers or, or what have you, you know? Yeah. What about that wall that Titania broke through in the first episode? Like, who's paying for that? Yeah. 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 Is is Titania paying for it? Like, I think maybe she should. And what was she doing? What was even the story behind her going through that wall? Was it just a publicity stunt? Yeah. that's. I was asking the same thing. Like, what what was she doing? Why, why is she coming through that wall um, and and how was she released from jail if she like burst through a courtroom wall and fought a woman in front of a judge um, and the whole world to see how did she get released? Like, well, I actually understand how because she was making an argument. Oh no, uh, yeah, I don't know the other person that she was uh, they were prosecuting. I understand how that suit got <laughs> thrown out, right? Because she turned and she yeah, yeah, in front yeah. of the jury. Yeah, yeah, but Titania. I, I'm I, I'm not um, I'm not convinced yet, right? I have so many questions, uh, mm-hmm. and some of them still invo- involve the Beyonder. Like, please give me some Beyonder Easter eggs here. But um, yeah, uh, uh, I don't know. I I don't know what's up with her. I do hope we learn more about her. I think that um, Jamil Jamil Jamila Jamil, the actress mm-hmm. playing Titania, is doing a great job. 
it's I, I don't know if you've seen Good Place, but that's where I've seen her. And um, no, I don't think so. Okay, that's like uh, maybe what she's most known for, and she's a very different character, uh, and has like a different voice mm. and everything. Uh, so I think she's doing a good job as the character. Um, did you see the uh, the Wolverine Easter egg? And I think two episodes ago. Yes. Yes, the, the, little, man, the man, man with claws, with metal claws. gets in bar brawl yes. or whatever. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was that was fun. That was fun to throw in there. Like I said, I don't Every mind. Some I'm... people are getting so upset. Oh, what are they saying? Just people are upset that they keep like just hinting at X Men. It's like just give them to us, you know? Like when are they gonna? I'm like, this is fun for me. I don't care. Keep doing it. Do do the Easter oh eggs God. for a while. Like, did you, did you see at the end of this episode um, with all the shoes? So yeah, the Cyclops shoe. Cyclops shoe. There was like a storm shoe. There was. Um, I didn't see yeah. all of them, but yeah, the thing I saw. Uh huh. Yeah. So there's all these references, and people were like, "Well, does that make it canon?" Well, I don't know. Maybe it was an animated photo after the, you know. Um, no, that that's part of the third wall breaking, fourth wall breaking. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Um, I I think well, I think. I know you got to go soon. I think before you go, though, I got like 15 minutes. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, I want to dive into this Daredevil Easter egg. They're they're definitely setting something up, and they didn't do a post credits scene in this. It was the first uh, episode. They didn't do a post credits, but they did leave you like a major nugget with yeah. the final scene. So it's like we didn't so, need one this week. Yeah. Um, I, I heard an interview with the the writer, I think, Jessica Gao. Is that her name? Anyway, I heard an interview with her. Uh-huh. I think it was on Empire Film Podcast, which is a, an amazing film po- podcast. And they love the geeky stuff um, enough that it's, like, worth listening to for that if, if they have a guest on that's talking about it. Anyway, I think she said that's the only episode that doesn't have a – Post credits. She said all of them have them except one. So I think the rest of the episodes will have one. Um, yeah, it's like that's like a, a cameo uh, mm-hmm. appearance, basically, right? We we would call that like, you know, my favorite character, Shatterstar. He shows up. His first appearance really is X Force or uh, sorry, New Mutants one hundred. But he does show up on the very last mm-hmm. page of X Force ninety nine or sorry, <laughs> New Mutants ninety nine. But that's his cameo yes. appearance, right? So, um, Daredevil, obviously, we it's saw like, Matt Murdock. It, it's like hmm. it's like um, Wolverine showing up on the last page of Incredible Hulk 180. Yes, yes. And then being featured in 181, yeah. 181 um, is much more valuable, I would say, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, yes, because it's the, fir- it's the first real appearance. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, Wolverine's popular, too. That's cool. We like Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so, so like Daredevil, we knew he was going to show up there, right? He was in the trailer. Yep, yep. And and um, I think Daredevil. I, I'm stoked for all the Daredevil action we're getting. We're, he's going to be in a lot of things, right? He's he has his own 18 yeah. episode show coming, which is uh, I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's going to be the test for a lot of people. Like, are we are we yes. staying caught up with the MCU? Because it's a lot to consume. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm here for it. Uh, and Echo, he's also going to be in that probably, right? So I'm here for yep. it all. I think that 
it makes a lot of sense having him in here. I like I like uh, Matt Murdock, the lawyer. I think it's really yes. fun to have like a lawyer with his abilities, and it creates a new level of stakes because really, if people knew about his identity, then every case that he's worked on is um, has been tampered with. You know, with yeah, uh, like. You can't listen to somebody's heartbeat and like, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's not admissible evidence in court. His what he gains from his or gleans from his abilities, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I I don't know. Have you watched the Daredevil Netflix show? The the three seasons of that. About four times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So like, Kingpin knows this identity, right? In that show. Okay, so, is that not canon? That's that's the big thing, and I was going to ask you about that. So this, I, I think it was for the D23 thing that they did. Uh, Kevin Feige was talking about it, and also uh, Charlie Cox was talking about it. Um, but he said that straight from Kevin Feige, uh, that this is not, don't think of this as a season four so much as a season one. And yeah. so what does that mean? Is that in continuity still just not going to be referenced a whole lot or are they going to play fast and loose with it? Are they going to be like, you know, um, we're using the same actors, but it's not the same, you know, um, the, the actual same world that we're dealing with. Could, could um, be parallel or maybe, or a multiverse maybe, thing, right? Yes. It could be that, that what we saw was a different version of Matt Murdock, or maybe it was the same Matt Murdock, but in a, in his own universe, and now he's been pulled into this one where, oh, Kingpin doesn't know who I am yet, you know, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I'm just I, I'm fine. I'm gonna wait and see. Did you watch Agents mm-hmm. of Shield? Okay, so the last uh, episode, right? Not all of it. No, not all of it. Yeah. Okay. That show. I think it gets really good. I think the first few seasons are a little bit hard to get through, but I think it gets really good. And mm-hmm. my partner really liked it. And, um, like, we started watching it together as it came out, I think, starting season six or season five, the one where they go into the future. But um, during the pandemic, she started binge-watching it from the beginning just on her own, which is yeah. saying something. Because I'm, like, the the nerd in the relationship you know what I mean? She's yeah. more of like a, you know, um, Agatha Christie enthusiast. But anyway, uh-huh. so Agents of Shield at the in the last episode they go through the quantum realm, and I think oh. it oh. illustrates that that whole show was in a parallel universe, right? Not the six one six, because how do you do the show after Infinity War? Right, half the people yeah. in the world have been snapped away, but you want to do your show with your cast. Did just none of them get snapped? They just don't even talk about the snap. And I think for some people that was right. frustrating because you want it all to connect, but eventually it will connect, right? Because it's a multiverse yeah. thing. And yeah. actually, I like that show a lot more when I think of it in those terms. Um, <laughs> that, like, basically from the beginning of the show, we're in a parallel universe where Coulson gets brought back from the dead, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, right. And, um, you know, there are other things like there's a moment in season two, I think, that tees up 
Age of Ultron, and they try to and and like season one gets totally derailed by Falcon or not Falcon the Winter Soldier, but Captain America and the Winter Soldier because yeah. they're agents of Shield. Well, in that movie, Shield. This is spoilers for all MCU stuff. I hope people realize, right? So sorry for if I've spoiled <laughs> things for you. But Shield is is has been infiltrated by Hydra. That's their their um, secret empire storyline, right? And um, right, like those, it could be parallel. Like those things could have happened in the parallel universe that Agents of Shield is set in, but it, eventually mm-hmm. their paths diverged. To where uh, we don't know what happened with Thanos, but it doesn't seem like half the people on the planet got snapped away. So I guess right. that's my roundabout way of saying I wouldn't be surprised if it was a multiversal thing for Daredevil, mm-hmm. uh, because it seems like that's what they're doing with Agents of Shield. Um, I also am fine if they <laughs> say if they don't even mention it and he shows up, and mm-hmm. we just see how it plays out with Kingpin. I am. I, I guess I'm. I am curious to see. Uh, yeah. Does Kingpin know his identity? Right. That seems like kind of a big deal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because did, again, did like, any of that stuff happen? You know. Yes. Exactly. Because if if his identity is exposed, um, then that that makes a lot of his cases that he worked on. I. I it makes them not hold up anymore. I did mm-hmm. read. In college, my my roommate had a storyline of Frank Miller, uh, Daredevil, where he, he does go on trial and is somehow I forget how, but he's able to prove that he's not Daredevil. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they've done it in the comics. It's probably come up way more times than that, right? Over sixty years. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think also just the fact that he's been lying this whole time and he's been a vigilante it was like it would probably ruin all of his cases whether or not it had to do with him like listening to their heartbeats or using his powers it's like you had an ulterior motive this entire time like everything you're doing you've been lying in court this entire time lying by admission uh by omission um you know and then in that case like obviously where he goes and proves that he's not daredevil is a straight up lie it's like so if he ever got caught on that then it's like Okay, well, you're also committing perjury. Um, so maybe, yeah, he maybe was able to make the case like um, uh, be thrown out or something like that because of yeah, exactly the same kind of stuff we're talking about, inadmissible evidence or or something like that. I don't I don't remember. Don't quote me. I don't want to. That run is I know like sacred ground for a lot of people. I only yeah. read totally without having read any Daredevil comics. I read. This one trade paperback that my roommate had, you know, fifteen to twenty years ago. So I don't really know. I actually just ordered. um, I actually just ordered the 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 Daredevil Man Without Fear trade paperback and the Born Again trade paperback because I've heard what happens in the stories over and over, but I've never actually read through them. So I can't wait to dig into that, especially if you know Daredevil season three on Netflix kind of was telling the born again storyline. Yeah. Um and and so that's why I was confused when they came out and they said this one's going to be called Born Again. I'm like are they going to rehash the same story just change it up a bit and do their own version of it. Um I don't know. I, I either way I'd like to go read the source material and, and see 
you know, how it holds up to what they're going to do. I loved the Netflix series so much. As I said, I watched it four times. Um, and I'm just worried of it being kind of like, it's hard to compare like something to it. Like I, I like the darkness, the grittiness of it. I like the violence of it. I, I felt way more adult. And so doing a, a Disney version of it that maybe isn't quite as dark. I feel like it would have been great if we had never seen this other thing that like what could have been. Yeah. And then have that to compare it to. But now I'm like, I'm so worried that it's going to be not, not on par with, with the daredevil that we've all seen, especially since they're reusing the same act. Like they didn't have to do that. Right. Totally. I mean, I think they're very well cast, though. Uh, Kingpin and yes. uh, Daredevil. Yes. Um, so I'm glad that they are. Um, Same. Yeah, I mean, we just got to wait and see, you know. Yeah. Um, Born Again, I haven't I haven't read. Um, but that's Frank Miller, right? Yes. Yep. And, the, and Man Without Fear? Yes. So Man Without Fear was, like, yeah. his first run on Daredevil. And then, like... I don't know how many years later it was, like seven years later or something like that. He comes back and does this follow-up to, and yeah. So yeah, is that the one with um, Sinkevich on the art? Do you know? Not Sinkevich, sure. Sinkevich, he. Sure. I mean, I've read his New Mutant stuff, which is legendary. Um, and if you saw Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse, uh, the way they draw Kingpin in that is inspired by the Sinkevich version. And uh, mm-hmm. so anyway, it, anytime you you see that guy's name on a comic that's being adapted, it's actually something to get excited about, I think, because it, have you seen Legion, the show? Uh, nope. Nope. I have not so watched it. So Legion, no. I recommend. Very cool show. Um, that okay. It has it has an amazing multiverse episode actually, so it could be tied in, but um. At the end of every Legion episode, it says based on the comics by Chris Claremont and Bill Sienkiewicz. And that Sienkiewicz art style certainly uh, permeates through that show because uh, he's a little bit more surreal. And, and that show definitely um, goes in some crazy places. But I recommend it. I, I'm also maybe just like a Noah Hawley fan. I, I'm caught up on uh, Fargo as well, which I think is a great show. But I watched mm-hmm. Legion first, actually, because, uh, you know, it's like an X-Men show. Um, yeah, but it's good. It's good. And the prof shows up. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely interested in like, uh, I'm definitely interested in checking it out. I, I've kind of like just, no one's told me like, you need to watch this yet, but now that you kind of yeah. have, I will, <laughs> <laughs> I will. I just recommend um, cause it. I, I've gone None back. of these things you have to watch. I've gone back and watched a lot of stuff that I've really enjoyed. Um, I, I really liked, um, um, what was that Hulu? What was that show that was on, uh, ABC Family? Uh, um, I can't remember what it's called now. It's like, uh, the teenage boy and girl, and they have like opposite powers, like one's like light and one's oh, like shadow. Cloak and Dagger. I didn't watch it. Didn't, didn't make it through Cloak that, through that one. Yeah. I actually, yeah, I went, someone suggested it, and I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. I wasn't interested really at all, but once I got into it, I was like, wow, okay, this is really you good. Like, like, yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed yeah. it. That was a lot yeah, of fun. I read some comics with them. They uh, Speaking of Sinkevich, he draws, there's an arc with the New Mutants and um, Cloak and Dagger 
where he draws it, and it's really good. And oh, cool. those characters are cool. For a while, they called it the Mutant Misadventures of Cloak and Dagger. Like, are they mutants uh, or not? I don't know. Right. Uh, this is another one of those situations. Mm-hmm. There's so yeah. much. There's so much content to to watch. Like, I didn't watch that. I didn't watch Runaways. Um, Punisher is one that I didn't get through. Like, that was a show. Like, that now that I see it's on Disney Plus, I laugh seeing it up there because yeah. I remember watching. Like, I think I watched the second episode where he he's beating somebody pretty badly with I think maybe like a pipe or something. And I and I was mm-hmm. just like, you know what? I this, I'm not in the right space for this. Um, yeah. But I hear it's good. Yeah, uh, it, yeah is. So. it is. It is. You have to like or, or be in that. You know, some people have to be in that mood to watch something that yeah. dark and violent. Um, it is. It, it it takes what you see in Daredevil and like turns it up a notch. So yeah, um, yeah. So so to your point about Daredevil, you know, I hope that what we miss from it being more Disney-ish, uh-huh. um, that in its place is some creativity and good storytelling and character building. Yeah. And, and um, like, yeah. ultimately, if those things are there, then um, I'm down. You know what I mean? I have conflicted feelings about anything being R-rated in the MCU because, you know, well, you know, like, grown, grown-ass men like us are down for whatever. Like, I think it's cool yeah. for it to be suitable for kids right because like when i was a kid i would have loved to be watching all these and so i feel bad for kids that want to see daredevil 3 that have seen every mcu thing ever made and they're not going to be able to to see um sorry or deadpool 3 you know what i mean yes they're not gonna be able to watch it because it's r-rated and in my mind like those movies should be in an alternate universe right not the 616 so that you can tell the kids, like, don't worry, um, you're not missing, like, the main timeline. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's my feelings on that. But, you know, I'm certainly I'm certainly here for uh, for those more adult-themed movies. I think um, Logan is great. I think Punisher Warzone is a cool movie that is yeah. one of the most mature content movies out there in the superhero genre. No, hey, no I one gotta talks go about soon. that one. No one talks about that. I think it's good. Punisher Warzone. I think it it's really a good, good. movie. Yeah. yeah, it's it's brutal though. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, we can wrap this up. Uh, I, dude, I really appreciate you coming on, and especially like talking so much X Men because I am a huge X Men fan as well. Um, cool man. And cool. it was really great to be able to like just listen to you like pour out this love for X Men. It's fantastic, and uh-huh. the, the the talk about the Rob Liefeld podcast and. It was a great conversation. Sure. I really, I really appreciate it. Uh, I'd love to have well, you back so sometime. Much, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this was really fun, man. I appreciate it. Hopefully, you can Got come a back. Lax. Sorry, <laughs> no, that's all right. Um, it, hopefully, you can come back to do the. We do a roundtable discussion at the end of each season. We bring back uh, guests that were on for individual episodes and kind of like meet up as a group and discuss the series as a whole. So, if you're interested in that, man, I'd love to have you back. Great, you're a great yeah, guest. Man. Thanks so much. Time permitting. Uh, I'm down. It's it's I think really healthy for me to have like an outlet for my this this uh, insane hobby of that uh-huh. we share, and um and so it's really fun for me. And it's like, you know, all those hours on Twitter, it's paying dividends for fun experiences like this. So I appreciate yes. you, man. Thanks for having me on. And um, you know, I'm gonna tell people to to listen <laughs> right. to this. 
All right. All right Thank cool. you, man. Have a good one. Okay. Later, Brett. Later. All right, my friends. That is going to do it for the conversation with the Count. Count Blazemore. I should have asked him, like, can I call you Count? I should have called him Count the whole time. Like, just just by the first part of his name. Um, anyway, I uh, had so much fun talking to Count Blazemore. Go follow him on Twitter. Um, he's always on there talking to you know, comic book stuff, geeky stuff. Um, he's in all the same stuff we are, guys. So go follow him if you're interested. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I hope to have him back for the round table, as I said, and hopefully for, for future one-on-one episodes as well. Uh, if you guys are interested in, in you know jumping in on this conversation, you have anything to say about today's conversation or you want to chime in, uh, you can hit me up on Instagram or Twitter at RealBrettScott. Um, and if you want to be a guest on the show like Count Blazemore, uh, you can reach out at MarvelPlusPodcast at gmail.com. And what else? Uh, If you want extras and bonus episodes and and video versions of this podcast so you can see what Count Blazemore looks like with a name like Count Blazemore, don't you, aren't you a little curious? Are you a little curious what a guy named Count Blazemore would look like? I sure was. And uh, (laughs) if you want to find out as well, uh, go, go check out the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Marvel Plus. It's only a dollar to get the video versions of every single episode. Um, And then, you know, a couple bucks more and you get all these bonus podcasts where I cover uh, the films in detail uh, and and other things outside of the Disney Plus series. So if you're interested in that, please go do that. It also helps to support the channel in a big way. Um, I have a shirt store up right now, but I currently have no designs up for sale. But I'm still waiting on you guys to submit designs and marvel plus logo ideas because uh, we're thinking about thinking about kind of rebranding maybe not rebranding but uh just just changing the logo a bit um and, and also coming up with some unique designs for t-shirts and not just one design but i'm talking to you know 10 designs 50 designs a thousand a million designs of marvel plus t-shirts so anything you can think of stuff from the show stuff that you know feels like inside jokes of of listeners to the podcast um, anything like that please come up with your own designs i know there's some artistic folks out there Uh, talking to you gerald king uh, i know that you my friend are a serious artist hit me up man send me your work everybody send me your art send me your ideas for marvel plus podcast merch and we'll see if we can make something happen uh, what else? Uh, oh, you know what? I haven't been telling you guys, but please, please go rate and review the show. It really does make a huge difference. And if you leave a written review over on Apple Podcasts, I'll read it right here on the show. Um, maybe we can get you on here as a guest as well. Um, but yeah, good or bad though, leave a review, leave a five, you know, five, four, three star, whatever. Don't leave me one stars. That's not nice. Um, but yeah, go rate and review over on Apple Podcasts. And, and also, I'm going to enter you into a drawing. If you if you write a written review that I read here on the podcast, you'll be entered into a drawing to win some Marvel Plus merch. We've already got some Marvel Plus merch out there. We've got people rocking the Marvel Plus t-shirts. Awesome to see. Um, and I'd love to give away one to uh, to a lucky listener who just so happens to leave a written review over on Apple Podcasts. You can also rate the show at least uh you know one to five stars over on spotify so please do that and anywhere you can anywhere you listen to podcasts if they offer a a way to um rate or review the podcast please do that it it 
helps tremendously. You would not believe how much it matters when people do that. So if you love the show, and even if you don't want to, you know, support monetarily, like by contributing on the Patreon, you know, another way you can really support the show is to is to rate and review it, and also to share the episodes. Like let people know. Word of mouth is the best way to spread the good news. So if you just just send it to your friends. Say, hey man, I I found this new uh, Disney Plus Marvel podcast. All they do is talk about the Disney Plus Marvel shows each week. They have new guests on and and you get to meet all these cool new geeky people and and talk about the shows and get all these different perspectives. You know, share it out there, man. Share the podcast, share it with your friends, your family, share it on social media, anywhere you can. I would really really appreciate that. Um All right, I think that's going to wrap it up. I will see you guys next week for episode six. We're winding down, aren't we? Six, seven, eight, nine. Four episodes left before the big round table at the end of the season. And then uh, then, uh, I think we still got uh, Moon Knight. Or not Moon Knight, I'm sorry. We've got um, Werewolf by Night coming, which I just got some weird news about that. I don't know if it's a rumor or not, but somebody said it was going to be a comedy. It had been rated officially as a comedy categorizes a comedy um i don't know what do you guys think about that i'd love to hear your thoughts on that let me know like i said uh at real brett scott instagram twitter tiktok uh wherever you want to find me and, and let me know your thoughts on the possibility of werewolf by night being a comedy interesting very interesting um i can't say that i'm thrilled about that but i would love to hear your opinion on it Okay, that's going to do it. We're going to wrap it up here. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you're not already. If this is your first time here, please subscribe. Follow along. Come back next week. We're going to have a brand new guest. Actually, next week we have a returning guest to the podcast, and I can't wait to talk to him. Uh, But you're going to have to come back to find out who it is because I'm not going to tell you yet. All right, I'll catch you guys next week. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. As always, my name is Brett Scott, and this has been Marvel plus.